Wow. Two episodes in and Chris doesn't even show up. Such an amateur. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Hour. Um, I am Ben Goose, whatever you want to call me, uh, flying solo uh, without Chris today, um, feeling a little under the weather. But I am joined by Zach Hines. Um, and before, I'd, I'd rather not introduce him with my words. I'd like him to introduce himself uh, and kind of just describe what you you do in the soccer verse and kind of describe who you are in a few sentences before we get started. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm probably most known for TriSoc Pod. Uh, it's a podcast that I do with my co-host, Zach Leishner. Um, we cover what started as just the Triangle and a couple of amateur um, soccer teams here in the Triangle, and it's kind of grown into its own kind of beast. But I think TriSoc Pod is what I'm most known for. Um, other than that, I'm uh, NCFC supporter, NC Courage supporter, um, uh, I organize the supporters group Cardinal Collective. Um, I help launch the first flight league and um, I go on rants on Twitter sometimes about how terrible USSF is. <laughs> yes. Just another day on soccer Twitter uh, ranting against the, the USSF. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, you touch base on a few things that I definitely want to uh, talk about today. Um, I think I, I haven't, I don't know if I've told you this really, this feels weird to do it on the recording, but uh, I really admire all the work you do because you do do, uh, you do do, I can't believe I said that. Um, it's, <laughs> this is why Chris needs to be on the episode uh, to, to take the lead, but uh, you do a lot of things and you do a lot of things really well. And like where I'd like to start is, um, I forget exactly when during the pandemic, but somewhere in the middle the beginning of the pandemic you did a uh, 100 nc soccer clubs so mm -hmm. what was that project what inspired that project um and what kept you keep doing it because i know we were all in <laughs> lockdown and pandemic but it was it felt like such a a lofty thing to start uh and a goal to reach but uh but yeah what was the the inspiration for that i suppose well first i want to start off and uh, say thank you for uh the the positive feedback on all the uh the work that I do because it yeah it does it is a lot it does get uh, overwhelming at times and it's, I love hearing the positive feedback on yeah. the stuff that I am involved in um the 100 NC soccer clubs it it started off um so it kind of ties back to TriSoc Pod um we launched the podcast uh, two three months right before the uh, the pandemic hit. So we covered like the MLS draft, the USL Academy Cup tournament down in Florida, and then everything stopped. And we're like, well, what do we do going forward? Like we have this creative energy of this new thing that we formed. And Zach kind of went off and did um, some Pez content and did some streaming. And then I focused in on kind of the amateur graphic design work that I've done over the years and, and, um, and kind of, branched off this idea of um european soccer if you look at those maps that get shared every once in a while on soccer twitter of just how filled like english soccer is with clubs and it's just kind of thought well what if that but here and then 
Um, I just kind of from there took a list off of Wikipedia of the uh, 100 most populated cities and towns in North Carolina and just started working down the list of of uh, looking at their Wikipedia page and the historical articles and trying to find a little bit about these cities and see if there's any hidden gems of stadiums, which that's a whole nother side conversation of the absolute beautiful stadiums, whether they're baseball or baseball and soccer, there's, there are wonderful gems of stadiums scattered across North Carolina that I was not aware of Hmm. until diving into these cities and finding out a little bit more about what the soccer scene is like in, in those. And um, so, yeah, I just, it, 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 I did the majority of the work from, I want to say March to June um, is where I did the majority of, of them and yeah. kind of spaced out their releases. I'd never did hit a hundred. I think I stopped at around uh, 79 or so, um, which I felt was close enough, um, but it yeah, started getting, I mean, after you eclipsed <laughs> 50, I feel like the, the, the goal has been met. I think in what was cool for me to watch is like you said, you took like some, some historical facts from the cities and um, me as somebody who knows a little bit about North Carolina, but not a ton. um, It provided me a way to like, to learn about the state that I live in and the different little cities here and there. And it was really cool to see you. um, It felt like to me anyways, take inspiration, like you said, from history and from like different design elements with like European style crests and, it was just really cool to see it develop over the course of the the pandemic when, when uh, we were all, well, some of us stuck in lockdown. Um, <laughs> but uh, is there anything, are there any crests that like really stood out to you that you were really proud of maybe, or uh, uh, any like oof. any standout moments where you were like looking through Wikipedia and you're like, okay, like this is, this is going to go great with this crest. I can't wait to, to develop this into an idea. Uh, so I had, you know, probably should have uh, <laughs> done a little, uh, pulled it back up and look at my uh, my uh, list before uh, starting this so I could have a brief refresher. Um, yep. But two, I'll probably go off of city names and not team names at this point. Um, but there is a Union County. Um, it has kind of like a, a playing card style to it. It's more of a square and it has three... Um, magnolia flowers on it and it's kind of got this teal and off-white with the yellow from the magnolia and I, the look of that one is probably my favorite mm. and then um actually probably the first one that i did with black mountain with the front porch um i probably do a few different things with that now but i still think that one is the uh um launching with that one i felt was really important because it was so um very specific to Black Mountain and the people that I know who I've living in Asheville and working in Swannanoa, um, showing it to the people that I used to hang out with and and saying then getting their feedback initially from it and the initial excitement of it um, really helped push things forward. Absolutely. That's really cool. Um, that's cool that you were able to get feedback from people that, that the connections you had and, and things like that. Um, if anybody does want to find those, I know a lot of them are on medium. Is that like the best way to kind of find them? Yeah. 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 The medium.com slash trisockpod should get you there. I don't have a specific landing spot where they're all available easily yeah. right now. I've kind of gotten away from it. Um, but <laughs> with a little bit of scrolling through, if you go through the medium page, you'll also find write-ups and there's a historical document of documenting every soccer club that 
through NC's history that's also in there. Um, so there's some cool articles in there in general. There's one about the NCFCU 23s, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit of mm-hmm. the surprising history of the amount of logos and rebrand this one team has gone through. Um, so yeah. definitely check out the medium page. Cool. Um, I'll be sure to, to mention to Chris because he is the, the editor extraordinaire to put that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> hopefully I'll remember to do that. He did not remember to do that, but that's all right. I, I got this and anything else Ben might say as I continue to edit this episode in our show notes. And you guys really should check this one out. Zach put in some really cool work and it's kind of like a history of North Carolina in a way through the lens of soccer. So yeah, check it out. If not, if you look through Medium and look for Zach Hines' page, it, it's definitely on there. I think if you like Twitter search for 100 NC soccer clubs, it, it comes up as well. Yeah. Um, I believe. But uh, yeah, so another thing I'd love to touch base on, and, and you've mentioned it, the, the Cardinal Collective, because um, it felt like, and we haven't talked a ton about this, but it felt like there was kind of a shift in your fandom uh, to like the amateur side and like starting a supporter group call, call for the the, U's, the U23s of North Carolina <laughs> FC. Um, so like what, what caused you to want to do that? And like, how has it been for you to be involved with starting a supporter group at like the, the, the USL league two um, level? Uh, well, my fandom kind of shifted and got interested in the U23s um, in around 2018 going into 2019. Um, I back up a little bit further back in the Railhawks days. Um, the actual first soccer game that I went to was a doubleheader with the then Railhawks U23 and the Railhawks. And so my first exposure to soccer as an adult was a U23 was a U23 game. So I've kind of actually okay. circled back around over over the past couple of years into specifically going to um, going out to U23 games. But um, really, Cardinal Collective grew out of that um, that doubleheader. Um, concept that um, NCFC does with the U23s over there. The U23s will play on field two at five o'clock and then seven o'clock, the first team will play. And um, I just kind of had a thought of just like, well, why don't we just move the tailgate from where we normally have a tailgate to field two, where we can still be in the parking lot and we can watch soccer while still hanging hanging out with everybody and eating (laughs) our own food and not having to deal with the stadium. And um, so that was kind of the impetus from it. And then um, really the, I had a good, good reaction from the, uh, the academy players, the coaches, um, a couple of the players I had uh, ended up finding out that I worked with uh, one, one of the, uh, the players. Oh, wow. This is actually like two bosses above me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like, there's very, it's kind of a sense of connection and community very early on of just like everything kind of slots in really nicely and then um for usl2 and kind of growing a supporters group in there uh we try to do a more traditional supporters group traditional with the air quotes for the people not watching on youtube <laughs> of, of you know doing the scarves and and doing the uh, non-profit status and 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 doing the memberships and then kind of part of the way through 2019 um, after a couple of conversation, conversations, we've had a realization of just like, this is too regimented and I don't want to do paperwork and thinking about things. So we dropped the nonprofit status and, and, and the, the memberships and we saw some scarves and stuff that we just have, have around for people if they want to purchase things. And just instead decided to be like, let's just hang out and watch soccer. Just 
casually no none of the supporters your group i guess drama is the word is the word none, none of the <laughs> none of that i think yeah it, it, at a certain point it just becomes extra i feel like it, it's yeah, good let's, not to let's disparage just... anybody that does all that stuff because it is hard work and it takes a lot of uh dedication and whatnot but uh it, it is fluff at a, at a certain point i feel like anyways yeah and, and and so we still hang up a banner we fly flags we hang out drink a few beers and cheer on the academy kids that um with the recent shift for uh ncfc down to usl league one there's a more focus on bringing those academy and i feel like cardinal collectors in a good position to be kind of a bridge from the academy side to the first team as players are coming up and through mm. yeah i think that's really cool too that you you took the time to to kind of build the like the not this sounds funny but now i think <laughs> about it but like the path to pro supporting the team is kind of like you start at the grassroots level even though i hate that i just said that because i hate that word grassroots um but you're you're starting it at the league two level which a lot of league two clubs don't have supporter groups so it's yeah. really cool that you you were doing that and it's I love the branding, of course, too. I think it's really smart and it's really, uh, yeah, I, I, I just like what you've, what you've done with it. And it's obviously a, like a passion project for you because at that level, especially it becomes, yeah, just becomes a passion project a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, glory and, and, <laughs> and money in it for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as the logo goes, I'm um, a shout out to uh, uh, Chuck Givens um, who uh, took, my idea and and finished it up and polished it for me very cool yeah shout out to chuck Givens. he's a good dude he's uh despite the the rivalry with the (laughs) independence and ncfc and and the 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 the, the sporter group fluff like we talked about there he's been a really cool dude and uh yeah but that's that's a totally aside thing um now i i would like to talk too about your your experience with the first flight league because I thought that was – it seemed like it came out of nowhere for me, but it's really cool because um, – like, like, how did that opportunity present itself for you to be a commissioner of a league? And, like, <laughs> what is the first flight league for those that don't know? Um, where does it sit in the, the non-existent pyramid or underneath the pyramid, whatever you want to call it? Right. Um, yeah, how did that experience come about and how did uh, – what does that look like? I guess let's start there. What what is the first flight league? So the first flight league is a amateur, semi pro, pick your term, um, regional slash state league. It's a it's a statewide league, which there are a lot of terms that get thrown around, and it's hard to find specific terms to describe things at the amateur level sometimes because people get very particular. And, 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 and even from the sanctioning side of things, what counts as a regional league, what counts as a state league, local league, there's a lot of, uh, of nuances here, but uh, first play league is a, is a statewide league for North Carolina um, adult players um, that was founded late summer of 2020 um, of, from some local teams um, that had some experiences in um, other uh, adult amateur leagues and we're looking for something that was more and use the term you hate grassroots um, that was <laughs> dri- driven by um, by the clubs for the clubs um, so without an overarching um, 
a, a national front office per se to kind of yeah. direct where the, what the league is going to do. It's the clubs working together to create something for themselves. And that's kind of the purpose and drive of the first fight league. And with that obviously comes a little bit of bumps as nobody's a, um, uh, uh, in it as their like main profession of like marketing and, and things, and things like that. And, yeah. you know, we're pulling on the resources that are within the, uh, within the league. So it came out to a little bit of a, of a, of a rough start and the um, fall of 2020 with the pandemic and, yeah. um, and kind of like a, a little bit of a poor launch. Uh, me and Zach found it just by happenstance or just because it's in the pandemic and we're just Googling <laughs> soccer stuff in North Carolina and yeah. we go, oh, this is interesting. I want to know more about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and from there, we, start, we started having conversations with him because we wanted to talk about them it's some it's the, the the regional model is something that both both of us are excited about nationwide um really mm-hmm. like that model going forward and um we wanted to kind of just dip our toes in give them uh, promote them where we can maybe help them in in certain situations and from there the conversations go well start happening of like well, what do you think about this, this and that? And next thing I know, I'm writing a manifesto um, about, yeah. about what I think a soccer league should look like in North Carolina, um, which if you go back and listen, probably in the late summer, early fall, um, a couple of the episodes back then were basically the roadmap of first flight league of, of what I ended up implementing um, mm-hmm. in those first couple of months. Um, and again, from there, we just started, I just started talking with clubs, creating a platform for the owners to communicate and the, um, the, uh, working on the nonprofit status, getting all of that up and running. And then it happened <laughs> and then the, <laughs> the balls, ball started getting kicked and, um, I ended up having to step away. Um, and it's nothing to do with, uh, uh, the first flight league itself. It was all personal reasons with my family. And, um, I love the first flight league. I still go to the games. I cover it with the TriSoc pod and I have a great relationship with, with the folks over there. And I want nothing but the first flight league to su- succeed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's really cool that there's, there's been that, like, um, because like what I learned from the, the the previous episode with the UPSL uh, communications director was just how like important it is that there are leagues and there's that infrastructure at the amateur level. Because like from my naive view, and I probably shouldn't admit this, but it just feels like it's a wild card of a wild <laughs> west of just everyone's like texting other teams to be like, hey, do you want to play this week? And I know it doesn't work like that, but it feels like that if you don't know, and if there isn't that structure in place, I suppose, um, to organize games and organize collaborative efforts between clubs and things like that. Um, is there anything like any major takeaways, um, about like the soccer force, the soccer verse, um, or like amateur soccer or any major takeaways you had from that experience? Um, Absolutely. There's a, there's a breadth of um, uh, information to take away from that experience ranging from um, the limitations of uh, amateur clubs of just, especially at like local state level, regional levels of there, there is a vast range of um, funds we'll say of what clubs can, can do. 
and even your most successful clubs, the ones that look look the most well put together are really working on bootstrap uh, budgets and you really have to get creative. And this is something I feel like I didn't execute well enough in my time with First Flight League. And it's still something I would like to still like consult with some teams on, but building their image and working in the community um, mm. was something I really wanted to push and drive, drive for. And um, the folks over in like the Cobb, um, I was on their podcast at one point, um, build it. And it's kind of this, yeah. they're, they're kind of looking at the same things and working with clubs for, for, with some very similar goals. And, um, and I think that's the, that's the biggest takeaway for me is that oftentimes the person running the social media account is the one that's running training is the one that's doing the laundry it's the one that's selling tickets and they did doing one person is doing so many different things and i think the most the most important thing out of, out of all of that is that volunteer volunteering is what is going to make your local club sur- survive Mm. um at the amateur level it it just it runs on volunteers it anything that you can take off the owner and the head coach to help set up the cones for training um doing laundry for them just running the 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 gate things like that volunteers make local amateur clubs survive yeah um just because the person the main person doesn't get burned out yeah and then and at a certain point it's yeah, like you said, burnout is is a thing. Um, it does exist, especially when you're when one person is wearing so many different hats. Even if it is an amateur club, there's there's a lot that we don't see behind the scenes. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'd like to transition into kind of everything, like full circle, looking back on like like how has it been supporting an amateur club with the U23s and supporting a a pro men's team and then supporting a, of course, a club like NC Courage that is um, widely regarded as one of the best clubs in the world as as far as the women's game and in general, really, I think you could say. Um, How have those different experiences, like, I don't want to say shaped how you support soccer or like how you view soccer? I know that's a really weighted question, Um, but I'm really curious your perspective on that because you've supported clubs at different levels and things like that. So yeah, if you feel comfortable answering that question, (laughs) I know I just threw it at you at the blue, but yeah. Yeah. I would say a lot of my support now is very analytical in that, um, I have so many spreadsheets of, (laughs) of, of, of data tracking scores and I track the players for U23s of who's getting started in sub. Uh, who traveled with the first team, things like that, of just keeping track of data that isn't available that yeah. I may and I may end up never using it, but just having that data available helps people that do. There's a there's um, a guy I can't remember his name right now, but he um, he posts medium articles that um, preview and recap NCFC and courage stuff, and just being able to have that data for people to use is a lot of what I do right now. Um, so that's my kind of current, <laughs> current, current, current focus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, each each group kind of warrants a different approach. I started off really strong with the men's team, and um, um, that first game that I went to, and I was sitting on the, on, on, at midline, and 
um, I saw the supporters group and I was like, next time I was like, I'm going to go sit in that end. That looks like a lot of fun. And I'm just going to go do that. And, and that's started spiraling into helping with the capo and making TIFO for, for OCS. And then um, starting to bang on a drum and cause it's like, turns out I can keep rhythm, um, <laughs> which is, if it's a very baseline, you just have to be able to keep rhythm to drum and support your sections. Well, that's, that's really all you have to do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us can't do that though. I, I am, yeah. <laughs> my rhythm comes and goes and it's when it, when it's gone, it's gone. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's always fun. So, uh, so yeah, I was, I was doing all that. I got involved with the OCS leadership there for about a year um, and helped on the courage side. I painted a lot of TIFO from, I want to say 2017 to 2019. Um, majority of what I was doing was painting TIFO for um, not so much 2019 for the courage, but um, other reasons I'm not going to get into, but um, uh, TIFO, I think was the main, main source of, 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 of my support. And then, um, I don't have the space to do it anymore. Um, so I've kind of let that go and, and trying to shovel that equipment off to other, other people to keep it going. Yeah. Um, and then kind of focused in on, well, I'm just going to just go to games and I'm going to drum. And I think that's kind of where I've landed of that's across all of, all of my support. Um, I think I'm now happiness on game day, just going into going into the stadium, pulling out a drum, banging on it for 90 minutes, and then putting it away and going home. And that's the, just the right level of involvement of providing, providing uh, uh, to, the, to the environment in, mm-hmm. state, in the stadium without overexerting myself on game day. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool that you've kind of found like a sweet spot and you've done the different things here and there with the TIFO, which... I meant to bring up earlier because I think it's the work you did with that uh, during your, your era there or whatever you want to call it was, <laughs> was really well done, I think. And, and I got a tote bag out of it. So that was cool. Um, yeah. I still have some of those tote bags available. <laughs> if anybody wants them, I basically give them away for free now if you, if you want one. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I, I'm curious from your perspective, do you feel that like supporting it between supporting an amateur team and a men's team and a, and a women's team, are there like a lot of similarities you feel like, are there any major differences or yeah. What, what do you think about that? Like, is there a lot of differences you'd think? So I think each, each one is, is slightly different. Um, I'll start with the U23s first. Cause I think that one's the most cut and dry. We don't do a lot of chance for the U23 games or going to Academy games um, because it's a smaller group of people. The chance I feel personally aren't as, as um, powerful. They're not, not as strong coming from five or six, five or six people standing on a rail. Yeah. Um, so instead we do, it's, it's more focused on cheering and knowing specific player names because they can hear you and everything you're saying when there's only, you know, 30, 40 people at the game um, yeah. um, watching it, you know, they can hear everything you say. And so it's, it's a more intimate experience of, of like basically being able to like, like, where we were sitting for the Lionsbridge game this past this past weekend, um, the the goalkeeper is, you know, a, a good flag poke away. <laughs> at, at, at times, like he like it's perfect for jeering. You're right there, and you can and you can get you can get really good good interactions with him, and yeah. um and that's special and and a, and a lot of fun that um I wish more people who at the other levels um 
who enjoy jeering so much would come mm-hmm. come to amateur games because it's so much more effective uh, because they could just hear you and there's not there's exactly. nothing drowning it out. Um, <laughs> for for the mint the mint side, it's um, our specific supporters culture like here in Raleigh. I feel is very. Uh, uh, I don't want to put my friends on blast here, but it's very <laughs> alcohol driven at times. And I'm kind of getting out of that phase. I love craft beer as every bearded white guy um, does. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the whole tailgate experience, um, uh, it, it's very that driven and um, um, a lot of cursing, which I have no problems with, but um, it, it's very, very focused on that side of supporters culture while shifting over to the women's with the courage for a while, we weren't even allowed to cuss in the stands because mm. the, um, the games are being televised on lifetime. And there was a uh, issue with that deal that they didn't allow cussing because it has to be family friendly. That's um, so, funny. so yeah. So the first couple of years <laughs> with courage weren't even allowed to do some of the chants that we had been singing for, for years at that point. Um, but it's it's now the Courage uh, Sports Group uproar has grown into I think more of a um, percussion led uh, uh, environment where the songs are very organic and in the in the moment. There's a couple of videos um, that uh, I'll, maybe I'll dig up for you after after the recording um, that people have grabbed of like seeing TLC. And, and stuff like that in the stands are just it's very more collaborative music oriented and less focused on like uh soccer chants like yeah. traditional soccer chants less orchestrated i guess you could say yeah okay yeah um and 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 that's interesting and the uproar is also female-led um i believe over half of the their leadership board is um is um uh female and so the the perspective that is brought from that group is very welcome and different and very appreciated (laughs) i'll say (laughs) no yeah i think that's there there is yeah i i don't even have to add conjecture to that i feel like yeah that (laughs) we'll just let that let that speak for itself um i'll kind of end it here um how because i know of course the the north carolina fc have uh i don't know why i said the that sounds weird but uh the they're miami. Not miami. <laughs> the miami yeah they're not the miami um but since they have um i guess self-relegated moved down to a more development uh structure like because obviously you've supported the amateur levels and you've done this and that but like has that changed the way you look at the team or like has that like how do you view the team now is like in the the ecosystem i suppose of the soccer world like how has that changed your perspective on them like the way they've shifted and whatnot ncfc could play full amateur and i'd still be out there um i'm i'm a lifer for this team i don't care what league they're playing in um i'm gonna be there and honestly i wish more (laughs) people were along along those lines um i know i know the drop down to usl league one affected a lot of people um, people's perception of the club and kind of brought the realization that MLS wasn't happening. Um, uh, but for me personally, it, it hasn't changed a thing. Um, I not, don't really care who we're playing. Uh, I'm there to support the players. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, 
I feel the same way about because I feel like obviously championship is a, a step above and there's more um, there's like a better perception of it, I suppose. But I, mm-hmm. I really feel like a, a lot of the times it's, it's all a matter of how the club runs things because you can be yes. a really good league one club and be better than a lot of you can be better run, especially than a lot of like bottom tier championship teams, maybe even yeah. mid tier championship teams, I would say. It's all. Yeah. The, it's a matter of like what you want to be as a club. The league yeah, is kind I, of null and void, especially without pro rel, and that's a whole nother discussion, of course. But yeah, I mean, you, I mean, the very obvious answers or, or examples of that are Ford Madison and Greenville mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Union Omaha is starting off on a very good foot of of yeah. just being. It doesn't matter what league you're playing in if if your front office cares and is trying to actively engage with fans and create an actual community and the fans are also actively engaging and promoting the team and creating that community environment. It's going to succeed no matter where it's at and where it's playing. But um, if they don't, it kind of flounders and you maybe see poor attendance and attendance dropped from year to year. And Mm -hmm. if you don't tweet about the home game until the week of and don't drop the jerseys until two days before the first game it's it's hard to drive that attention and i think that's the biggest fault of ncfc as a club encompassing all teams right now it's the there's there's definitely a front office issue in marketing um i think it's best described by some of the other other fans of saying it seems like we're floundering and just treading water as much as possible until the downtown stadium happens. Mm. And whether we get the final up and down of where it's really going to happen or not, it seems like it is going to happen, but um, I think that, I think they best describe it that way. I'm just, everything Mm. just seems very floundering. Yeah. And I, and I can understand how that would be frustrating because you, well, I mean, the independents have done that their whole existence yeah <laughs> simply put i mean I, we don't have to have that discussion of course but that i uh i understand that frustration uh not to go all emotional on this on the episode but uh i i, I understand that that's for sure now um to, to to actually end the episode is there anything uh you'd like to plug of course you do the the trisock pod but uh be sure to mention your socials and, and anything else you're working on or or anything else yeah what would you like to plug um well yeah we're gonna plug tricyc pod um it's at tricyc pod on twitter um cardinal collective is at cardinal ral um and other than those socials um what i'd actually want to plug and your shirts reminding me of it is uh Asheville city sc has a historical jersey mm. that they um they just announced the Asheville splash jersey um um had the wonderful opportunity to help tim a little bit in the kind of image gathering and going through some QC stuff with, with that Jersey. And I was very happy to see it um, finally come out. So check out Asheville city SC and grab a Asheville splash Jersey. Cause it's great to see throwbacks on, um, uh, honoring the history of, of the sport in North Carolina. It's stuff. That's something that I really love. And I love that Asheville's doing that. Yeah. I think it's, it's really cool that they're doing that. When I saw them like teasing it a, like a few weeks or a month ago or something, I thought it was really cool that they were honoring that history because you don't see that with a lot of clubs. And 
and the little bit of like random Googling I've done, and I'm sure you've noticed as well, there is a lot of soccer history here in, in North Carolina yeah. uh, <laughs> spread out. You just kind of kind of find it. And uh, it, it's really, it, it's unfortunate. And I think it's cool what you're doing because there isn't a lot of like uh, solid facts you can easily find about a lot of the older clubs and things like that. It's a lot of like patchwork things, but it's really cool that you're taking the initiative to kind of chronicleize like the youth club and what's going on with NCFC and, and different things like that, because um, it's not done very often. And I yeah. think it's, and that stuff's really fun and nerdy for me. So I, I really enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, definitely want to thank you for joining the pod today. really appreciate you taking the time and discussing the random wild, uh, wild, I was going to say wild west, but we're in the east of North Carolina. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining the pod today. Absolutely. Love, love you guys.